minister to us so that he can speak into our lives and rejuvenate each and every one of us. Pastor Camel Halambich. God bless. Praise the Lord. Amen. It's so good to be with you all. I remember I was here about three years ago, and it was a great time. I thank you, Pastor, for the invitation, and I thank Pastor Matai Matthew, who, who is so helpful for my family, driving us all around. Uh, it's always a great privilege to stand in front of the children of God, like the song that we just sang. We are God's anointed people. We live in the times of the darkness. I think we don't live only in the end of times, but it's end of the end of times. Christ is coming soon. And whenever I think about his love, and whenever I think about even the song that I can call myself a child of God, that's the greatest title the greatest privilege that any one of us can have in this world. He has chosen us. We will spend eternity with him. This is so precious. There are millions of people who, who have no clue where they're going. They have no goal in their life. They, have, they feel no dignity in themselves. But we know we have all of those things in Christ Jesus because he Amen. loved us. And not only this, we know that he is with us all the time, every day of our life, during the day, during the night, when we drive, when we walk, when we sleep, he is with us all the time. But not only this, we know that when we gather together, he is amongst us in a special way because he promised when we gather in his name, he will be there in a special way. Amen. And so we read in Book of Acts, chapter 2. We're going to read a few passages of scriptures. Chapter 2, verse first. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seems to be the tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. And began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. This is a wonderful passage of scripture which shows us that apostles, those disciples, were gathered together. And because they were gathered together, something unique happened. They could say, we're going to stay in our houses. We're going to... The Lord told us to wait upon the Holy Spirit, so... Why should we gather together? We can stay in our houses, in this house, and we're going to pray. Who knows how long it's going to take us before the Holy Spirit will come. But the Lord told them to gather together because there is a special presence of Christ when people of God gather together in one place because he promised that he will be amongst us. That's why when disciples gathered together, they were waiting upon the Holy Spirit. They were waiting upon the promise from God. It was fulfilled. And it's written, they were all in one place. The sister was saying during the song that sometimes we come to the church and we are just familiar with what's going to happen. 
we know we're going to sing five songs. Somebody's going to share the word, then we're going to uh, have communion, you know. And the things, when we get familiar with the things, we have no expectation. We remember Jesus, the only city where, 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 where he couldn't make any miracles was his own city because people were familiar with him. They said, we know this guy. He grew up here. It's Jesus. He's the son of Mary. We know him. They were familiar with Jesus. So they had no expectation from him. And very often we can wonder why there are people in the church. And some people say, I was touched today by Christ. And some people say, oh, it was okay. Maybe that's because some people don't have this expectation. They forget that when we go to the church, it's not to sing a few songs, nice songs. It's not just to hear somebody who's going to read something or she's going to share something. The main reason is to glorify Christ and it's to meet with Christ because His presence will be a unique presence amongst us. Amen. So we can expect things when we come here. We can expect that this is the place where we can invite people and when they come into this place, the bondage will be destroyed. The healings will come. They will be, they will be free in the name of Jesus. I wonder sometimes I'm having conversations with Christians and they say, no, I don't invite people to the church. I try to share the gospel, but I don't invite them to the church. You know, first I want them to, you know, to understand us. And Why wouldn't we invite people to church if we really believe that Christ is here in a unique place, unique presence? Amen. When he was on the earth, people were taken, taking their friends to him. So he can touch them. So he can pray for them. And this unique place today. The address of the presence of God. Is the place where the church gathers together. Because he said I will be amongst you. These words wouldn't have any sense. If he wouldn't be referring to a special and unique presence. Because we know he is always with us. So what did he mean when he says. I will be amongst you when you gather together. Because his presence is a unique presence. And so we know when Christ was walking on this earth. Matthew chapter 8 verse 3. Actually verse 1. When he came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I'm willing, he said, be clean. Immediately he was cured of his leprosy. Then Jesus said to him, see that you don't tell anybody, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the gift Moses commanded as a testimony to them. In the Bible, in the Gospels, we can find several, a lot of passages of scriptures that says that Jesus touched somebody. We know Jesus could just say a word and people would be healed. We know Jesus could just say a word and people would be delivered. But we find those passages where it's written, he touched somebody. Why? Because the touch symbolized the intimacy. Jesus touched the people because he wants to show how much he loved those people. He was very sick, this man, but Jesus didn't despise this man. He was very sick and all other people probably didn't even get close to those men. But Jesus not only got close to him, but he touched this man because he showed his love. And today, this morning, my brother and sister, 
the same touch that Jesus gave to those people while he was on this earth is available for each one of us. The only difference between those who are touched and those who are, who are not touched is faith. Some come to the church with the expectation, with faith. Lord, touch me today. You know, I was staying here and I was praying. Lord, I want to be touched today. I want to be changed today. I grew up in the church, but I want to be touched. I want to be changed. I want to be transformed. I want to leave this place different than I came. And this is available for each one of us. I invited one of the friends. When we went back to Poland in September, we felt the Lord is leading us back to Poland. But last few years we spent in Connecticut, in Massachusetts studying. And, but I had a Chinese friend. He, he is a visiting scholar from China. He is a member of Communist Party. Atheists don't believe in God. But our sons were together in the preschool so, and we lived close to each other, so every morning we were driving together in his car to the preschool. So I wanted to use this opportunity to share the gospel with him. And uh, one Sunday I was supposed to preach in a Baptist church in New Haven. So I invited him, I told him, hey, I'm going to be preaching in New Haven. Maybe you, you're going to come and see how it is, you know, what's the church. Uh, and, you know, they feel more free when they outside of China, because as a member of the Communist Party, he, he cannot actually go to church there. But here, he said, okay, I, I'm going to come. And I was preaching the word, and uh, he came to the service. And at the end of the, when the service was finished, you know, he, he came, and I saw his face was moved, and, and he told me, you know, this Jesus that, that you preached today, I felt his touch today what I'm trying to say my brother and sister if the member of the communist party who doesn't even believe in God can be touched by Jesus and he has to confess that he felt something that he has to confess that I was touched by Jesus how much more all of us who are saved who are cleansed by the blood, how much more we can expect to be touched by the power of the Holy Spirit. And not only this, if we want to touch this world for Christ, we must be touched first. We cannot give what we don't have. And we must touch this world for Christ because people are dying. People are dying. They don't know where they should go. They are looking for answers and we have the answer for them. Jesus Christ is the answer for this dying world. But we won't do it with our intellectual. It's not enough. We will always find people who are more intelligent than we are, more educated than we are, who have better arguments than we have. What we need is the power of the Holy Spirit. So when we share the gospel, people are touched by the Holy Spirit. Amen. There was a Jewish rabbi in, in, in Harvard. And he had a lecture and he gave a question to the students. He asked them, what would you like to do after you graduate your, your studies? So, of course, we have this nice crowd of young people who want to do great things. So, one guy stood up and he said, 
I want to graduate, then I want to get a good job, have a great salary, buy a house, drive a great cars, have a wife and kids and be able to buy whatever I want to just enjoy my life. And this rabbi looked at him and after several seconds he said, I don't believe you. And suddenly, surprising for all of the people gathered there, the young students started to cry. And he said, yes. And Jewish rabbi said, inside of you, you know that there, there is something crying out for something bigger than all of those temporary things. When you have time to look inside of you, you see there is a crying out for something eternal, for something bigger. My brothers and sisters, let us not be fooled by people when they say, oh, I just want to have a great house. I just want to have a great car. So I don't mind. Ah, eternity. I don't care about the eternity. Deep inside of every person, there is a huge hunger for something which is supernatural. I mean, something which is eternal. People are looking for this. That's why we have a revival of Buddhism, Hinduism, all kinds of different religions. While we have a real deal, we have a real power, we have and we can have a real encounter with the one true God Almighty. That's what people are looking for. Let us not be fooled that, that, that they are not looking for this what is eternal. And each one of us is called to share this gospel with people. And especially young people, there is nothing much greater, no greater calling than preach his gospel. Yes, it's great to, to go and study. Yes, we should do it. But at the end, we should always make our decision based upon what will glorify Christ the most. Amen. What will bring him glory. And I believe there is a need of great doctors and lawyers and businessmen in the church. Because if they work hard, God's going to bless them and they're going to bless the church. You know, some people will go to Africa. Some people will work here and, and pray and support Africa. So there is a need for all variety of people in the church, in the body of Christ. But the end goal is what will bring the most glory to Christ. Amen. He gave us everything. We had to make a hard decision with my wife because we've been here and we could legally stay here. I've already started some work here after we, I graduated and, 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 you know, so it was a hard decision to make to go back to Poland. I'm not sure how familiar you are with Poland, but Poland is a very Catholic country. We have 40 million people and in Poland, we say if you are Polish, you are a Catholic. And we have 40,000 evangelicals. When I say evangelicals, I'm saying all Pentecostals, Baptists. All those who believe that you need to be born again. So it's less than 0.01%. So it's one of the worst percentage in the world when it comes to a nation. So we had to make this decision. And I... I I was interviewed by some of the top seminaries in America. I remember one in April, I, I flown to one of the seminary and I thought I'm gonna just sign the 
contract. But when I got into the building, I just felt, I've heard the voice, this is not your place. And I called my wife, I told her, you know, this is not the place. So we were struggling a little bit, you know, to go back to Poland. Because most of you know, because most of you came from India. I mean, the life here is good, isn't it? I mean, I know you don't agree with me, okay, because... <laughs> but, you know, for me as a student, I had more comfortable life as a student here than, than as a pastor in Poland. <laughs> what I'm trying to say, we've been praying and praying and fasting and looking. And we felt that the Lord is telling us there are people who need to hear the gospel. And you should go back. So we based our decision on what will bring the most glory to God. I'm not saying it would not glorify God if we would preach here. But I'm saying there are, there is the worst percentage of the, less, the, the smallest number of Christians in Poland. So we decided we're going to go back to Poland. But when I'm going back to Poland, you know, I'm not going with any kind of new method. I've learned a lot. But I'm not going there thinking, okay, I have my book, I, I have a plan now, I'm going to do this and that, and people are going to change. And because I found out the only thing that can change people's life is the power of the Holy Spirit. I mean, we should disciple people, we should preach, we should teach. But at the end, what we really need is this power of the Holy Spirit that can break the yoke, that can touch the hearts, that can change the minds, that can heal the people. This is the thing we need in Poland, the fire of God. The Bible says you're going to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and the fire. And that's what we need in Poland. So when I'm going back to Poland now, I'm asking, Lord, enable us. I'm not able to do anything. There are people who are more wise, who have more, greater knowledge. What I need, Lord, I need your power. I need the power of the Holy Spirit to shake the nation, to shake the nation so the revival comes and people are saved for the glory of God. So they can stand in front of you and glorify you. And so when I go to heaven, I'm not going there alone. But I can look around and I can say, thank you, Jesus. I see the faces that you enabled me to preach to, 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 to share the gospel with. My brothers and sisters, some of you know how fast the life passes by. I, I have two kids. I'm still a young guy, but I have five years old and one year old son. They are with me, but they are at the nursery. It's passing by so quickly. The time passing by so quickly. What are we going to do with all those things here on this earth? Our goal, our minds, we should have this eternal perspective. We should pray every day, Lord, what can I do today that will bring you glory? What can I do today that will, that will bring some eternal fruits? And God is faithful. Whatever we do for him, he will not only give more 
He will bless us abundantly. I have a lot of stories from my life. I remember one time, there was a missionary. And, and they were taking up an offering for him. The reason I'm saying this is because the Lord will not be debtor of anybody. He will not. Whatever we give to him, if you give him your life, you will actually gain your life. If you give him your time, he will actually enable you to do more in a shorter time. Whatever you give him, he's just giving you more. Amen. And when they were gathering this offering, I, I, it was just recently. It was just two weeks ago. I felt the Lord saying to me, give all you have. I said, Lord, come on. My wife wasn't with me, so I, I said, I want to write her a message. Because if she says no, <laughs> I'm free to not do it. You know, I can say, oh, you gave it her to me, Lord. So she said no. Huh? But she said yes. I knew she was going to say yes. <laughs> I said, Lord, that's all we saved here. We're going back to Poland. This is a terrible idea. But I know the Lord is faithful. So I wrote the check and gave it all. And during the same evening, the, the preacher, he, we, he didn't know me. He was preaching the sermon. He suddenly stood, came to me. I was sitting in the, in the front. And he said, the Lord just told me to give you this amount of money. And it was exact double of what I gave. Amen. Several minutes later of what I did, God God gave back. I'm, I'm giving you an, an example that whatever we do, I mean, God is greater. We should concentrate on preaching the gospel. We should concentrate on reaching the lost. If you give your all for the kingdom of God, and this is the kingdom of God, this church, you preach the gospel here. You know, this is the kingdom of God. If you give all, when you bring all to the church, when you give your time, when you give your resources, God's going to see it and he's going to bless you and you're going to preach the gospel and you're going to have eternal, eternal reward, but you're also going to walk in the fullness of life here on this earth. And he's going to lead you, he's going to direct you, and the power of the Holy Spirit will go through you. So when you go to your school, you're just going to share the gospel, people are going to be touched. When you go to your job, when you go on the street, you can have assurance that Christ is with you and the power of the Holy Spirit is going to work wherever you go. We need the touch of Jesus. We read in Luke chapter 8. This is a very well-known story. Chapter 8 verse Let's read from the verse uh, 40. Now when Jesus returned, a crowd welcomed him, for they were all expecting him. Then a man named Iarius, a ruler of the synagogue, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come to his house, because his only daughter, a girl of about 12, was dying. As Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak and immediately her bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. 
When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me. I know that power has gone out from me. Then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. Then he said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. This is an amazing story because this woman should not be even in the crowd. She was not allowed to go to the crowd. And we see there were hundreds of people. They were crushed on Jesus. This is maybe sometimes in the church like we said at the beginning. A lot of people. Why is it that only some experience? The lady was not afraid. She was desperate. Nothing could help her. She said, I need to touch him or I die. She could have been stoned. If people would know about her sickness, she would have been stoned. But she said, I don't care. I know if I just touch Jesus, I'm going to be healed. And I must touch him or I die. Whenever revival came to different countries, John Knox was praying, Lord, give me Scotland or I die. We must be desperate people. We must be desperate people like this lady when we pray for revival, when we pray for our neighbors, when we pray for our families. Not only during the meal, Lord, thank you for this meal and please save my family. We must be desperate people. And we are not ashamed of the Pentecostal power. A lot of churches now, they change the name. They are ashamed of the word Pentecostal, you know. So they have all this kind. But I'm glad my church is called Pentecostal. Your church is called Pentecostal. We are Pentecostal people. Because we believe if you touch Christ, this power will come to your life. This is the same power that Jesus spoke about. Dina, dina, I'm not sure how to. Dynamis. Dynamao in Greek. Dynamic. The, word, the, the English word dynamite is from this. The dynamic, the power, so strong, the power of God. When it comes to a person's life, the person is changed, healed, set free. So we are not ashamed of this power. We are not ashamed of shouting the name of Jesus. We are not ashamed of praying in the name of Jesus. Because we know the only thing that can change people's life is this presence of God, is the power of Holy Spirit, is this touch from heaven. This lady went to Jesus and he asked, who touched me? She had faith that when she's going to touch him, she's going to be changed. My brothers and sisters, we may have different needs today, this morning. As I said at the beginning, if Christ could touch my friend, unbelieving, atheist from Communist Party, how much more he can touch us this morning. And he promised he's amongst us. And for him there is no sickness too hard to heal. For him there is no depression that he cannot change. For him there is no sin that he cannot deliver from. If we just say Lord touch me now. 
A lot in the kingdom of God depends on our recognition of the moment. At this very moment, we are in the presence of Christ Almighty. And those of us who recognize the moment can receive from Him. Even now, without nobody laying on hands, we can receive if we just say, Lord, you are here. Touch me, heal me, change me, set me free. Steer my heart. Lord, I lost my passion for souls. Steer me again. Lord, I remember the days when I was crying for souls. And now, no tears coming from my eyes when I think about the unsaved. Lord, change me, revive me. And he can touch us even now. My brothers and sisters, this is just a temporary place we live in now. We are looking for the coming of Christ and for the eternity. This is not our home. This is not our home. Our home is there in heaven. This is just the time for us to preach the gospel, to be a living testimony of the resurrected Christ, to walk as a child of God, not ashamed, but full of power of the Holy Spirit and proclaim that people can be set free in the name of Jesus. And that there is an answer when the world says there is no answer, when the CNN says there is no answer, we know there is an answer in Jesus Christ only, only, only in Jesus Christ. So I know when I'm going back to Poland, I have something to give to those people. Not my knowledge, not my resources, but the power of the Holy Spirit. Christ's presence, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the gospel which can set them free, the gospel which will deliver and change the marriages and the families. The gospel of Jesus Christ. And it's all worthy to do it for His glory. There was a missionary who went to Africa and he spent their whole life. He took his family, young wife and two kids and unfortunately during their mission the wife died and the kids died. And when he was an, an older man, he decided to come back to America. And he was at the same ship when he was coming to America. At the same ship there was a president of the United States. So of course the missionary was on, on the lower level of the ship. When they came to the harbor, the, they announced that the first the president will get off the ship first. So there was a big orchestra, crowds of people welcoming the president. Great gathering. And then after the after president went they announced that people from the lower deck they can go out so this missionary packed his small bag he didn't have much he went out from this ship and he sat down and he said Lord I gave you my life I've lost my wife my children here I came to my country there's not even one person greeting me Nobody is waiting for me. And, he, and there was this president. He's just serving for this nation. Temporary nation. And there were orchestra. There was orchestra and hundreds of people welcoming here. 
And the old missionary started to cry. He felt so lonely, so abandoned. And while he was sitting, suddenly he felt a hand on his shoulder. He looked around, but there was nobody. And then he heard the voice, son, you are not home yet. You are not home yet. But when you come home, there will be an orchestra waiting on you. There will be a crowd of saints waiting on you. And he realized it was all worthy because he did it for the glory of Christ. My brothers and sisters, all we do for him, it's all worthy. We are not home yet. We are heading home. This eternal ship is coming. And we will get on board very soon. Let us look upon Jesus. The beginning and end of our faith. Let us not lose the focus. Let us not lose our eyes from Jesus. There are so many Christians. Who turn their eyes from him. Because of the material things. Because of the pleasures of life. There is nothing that will satisfy our soul but the presence of Christ in us. Amen. Can we just spend a few minutes in, in, in prayer? Lord, I thank you for this wonderful church here. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you for your presence, Lord. Lord, I thank you because we can trust you and we can believe you, Lord, that you are always with us. But not only you are always with us, you are, your presence is unique and special when we gather together in your name in one place. Like today, we gather together in this place. Lord, I thank you for this wonderful church here. I thank you for the vision of this church. I thank you for the pastor. I thank you for the, for the building they, they, they just bought. And I ask you, Lord, to open the doors for them. Because the gospel is preached here. And thousands, millions of people need to hear the message of the gospel in this area, Lord. So I'm asking you, open up the heavens and bless them abundantly, Lord. With all they need to build the kingdom. Lord, I, I thank you for my sisters, for my brothers in this place now. Lord, you know the needs of my sisters and my brothers. Lord, you know the needs of those who came here, Lord, to this place. And we know, Jesus, that the same touch that you healed the leprosy man or the woman who touched you, Lord, the same touch is available for us this morning, Lord. That's why we are not afraid to ask you, Lord, touch me. Lord, touch us. Lord, touch my brothers and my sisters. Whenever there is a need of healing, Lord, you can touch right now at this very moment. Lord, where there is a need of joy, you fill the hearts with joy right now, Lord. Where there is a need of peace, Lord, fill the hearts with your peace, O oh Lord. Lord, we come to you because we trust you and we believe you. And Lord, I'm asking you to enable all of us to be a living testimony of your resurrected power, Lord. 
Fill us with your spirit, Lord, again. Every day, every day anew, Lord. Fill us with your spirit so when we go out from this building, so when we go to our schools, when we go to our families, when we go to our places of work, Lord, we are full of your Holy Spirit. So this living water is flowing through us and is touching the people around us. I'm blessing all my brothers and sisters and every person in this place, Lord. May every dam be broken and may the waters of living waters flow out of us, Lord, from our bellies, Lord. Your living water that can change the area that we live in. And even with my brothers and sisters, Lord, I'm asking you to shake the Poland for the glory of Christ, Lord. Send revival to this nation that never had the revival, Lord. Send revival. Send your Holy Spirit, Lord. Lord, we have nothing we can give to those people. All we have is you and only you. But it's sufficient. Your name is sufficient. Jesus' name is sufficient, Lord. We know it's all we have and it's all we need to give to those people. So we are not ashamed to glorify your name. We are not ashamed to testify. Jesus is the answer for this dying world. Revive our hearts today, O oh Lord. Change us, shake us, and touch us for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray.